Safety First, Preventing Surgical Side Infections by Laura W. Murphy Surgical side infections, SSIs, are common healthcare-associated infections that can cause severe patient outcomes, including death, and increase care costs. Results of a 2017 study showed that readmission rates associated with SSIs ranged from 1.45% to 6.34%. Although data from a 2020 Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, CDC, progress report showed a 5% decrease in the number of SSIs for 10 select procedures, for example, abdominal hysterectomy, colon surgery. Between 2019 and 2020, perioperative personnel should remain vigilant to sustain improvements. There is a paucity of current data on the cost of SSIs. A report published in 2009 indicated that SSIs had the largest range of annual costs of all healthcare-associated infections, $3.5 billion to $10 billion. Just one year earlier, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, CMS, had begun denying payment for some healthcare-associated conditions that were present at the time of patient admission, and the list of conditions included some SSIs. Subsequently, CMS revised the list of included conditions, monitored hospital infection rates, and reduced reimbursements for hospitals that ranked among the lowest performing 25%. When monitoring metrics, CMS uses information that hospitals report to the CDC's National Healthcare Safety Network to calculate SSI rates for colon and abdominal hysterectomy procedures. Perioperative nurses should continue to implement measures to reduce SSIs, to improve patient outcomes, and optimize hospital reimbursement. Causes of SSI development Preoperative patient-related, that is, intrinsic, risk factors for SSI development may be unmodifiable, for example, age, irradiation at the surgical site, or modifiable, for example, glucose control, use of tobacco, obesity. Mitigating procedure-related, that is, extrinsic, risk factors can involve a variety of actions, including 1. Removing hair at the surgical site. 2. Treating an existing infection. 3. Performing surgical hand antisepsis. 4. Performing preoperative patient skin antisepsis. 5. Administering antimicrobials. 6. Administering blood transfusions. 7. Gloving according to recommendations, for example, double. 8. Adhering to the principles of asepsis. 9. Controlling OR traffic. 10. Cleaning environmental surfaces. And 11. Sterilizing instruments. Lack of compliance with accepted best practice guidelines for perioperative care may increase the patient's risk of developing an SSI. Microorganisms in dust, air, blood and other body fluids, and skin cells can contaminate environmental surfaces in the OR. If a perioperative healthcare professional, HCP, touches a contaminated environmental surface and then touches a patient, they can transmit pathogenic microorganisms from the surface to the patient. For example, if an HCP does not remove supplies from a surface at the end of a procedure and fails to disinfect it, 
an HCP may touch the contaminated areas and unknowingly transfer any existing microorganisms to another patient during a subsequent procedure. Another factor that can increase the risk of disease transmission to patients is the potential for contaminated fluids to infiltrate non-intact mattress covers. Results of a study in four U.S. hospitals showed that 523, 72%, of 727 beds and mattresses were damaged, with almost half of all the mattresses requiring cover replacement and one quarter requiring complete replacement. Eight, 2.3%, of the 340 mattresses that required cover replacement had no punctures, holes, or external stains. However, they had localized or mid-sized, that is, 7.6 to 15.25 centimeter, stains on the inside of the mattress cover. Another group of researchers evaluated bed and patient transport cart mattress integrity and found that 280, 39%, of 711 mattresses were damaged. The highest rates of damage occurred in the OR. The goal of preoperative patient skin antisepsis is to reduce microorganisms at the surgical site. Inadequate preoperative skin antisepsis, including failure to adhere to manufacturer's instructions for use, IFU, for example, application, drying time, may create opportunities for contaminated skin flora to enter the incision site. Maintaining a clean environment with adequate airflow to move particles away from the sterile field is an essential element in the prevention of SSIs. As perioperative HCPs move around the OR, they may shed skin cells containing microbial particles and textile fibers from their clothing into the air. Opening the OR door to accommodate traffic in and out of the room can disrupt the positive air pressure needed to minimize the aerosolized particles near the sterile field. As a result, pathogenic microorganisms, including those that are multidrug resistant, can settle on the sterile field or open incision and potentially lead to an SSI. Strategies to Consider Approximately 55% of SSIs could be prevented if HCPs employed all evidence-based infection prevention practices consistently. Because perioperative HCPs touch many surfaces in the OR, for example, patient equipment, computer keyboards, phones, they may transfer microorganisms from inanimate objects to patients. Therefore, they should perform hand hygiene and cleaning and disinfection of surfaces, according to their facility's policies and procedures. An interdisciplinary team should select disinfectants for use in the OR that are registered with the Environmental Protection Agency and have a hospital-grade rating. The team should consider the proposed disinfectants. 1. Effectiveness against challenging organisms, such as Clostridioides difficile. 2. IFU. For example, required contact time. 3. Compatibility with patient care surfaces, for example, mattresses and equipment. And 4. Cost. In addition, the team should consider the patient population and any safety or environmental concerns with use of the proposed disinfectant. Although the team may have considered compatibility during product selection, some disinfectants may still cause damage to surfaces, 
When cleaning and disinfecting environmental surfaces, HCPs should assess surface integrity. They should avoid damaging the external material of mattresses and armboards, for example, puncturing with needles, during procedures, and should replace torn or visibly stained mattress covers. Patching tears or holes does not provide an impermeable barrier and may allow moisture to enter the mattress, creating an environment conducive to microbial growth. Routine preoperative bathing with chlorhexidine gluconate that is not part of a bundled initiative decreases pathogens on the skin, though no data are available on the effectiveness of this type of bathing on decreasing SSI development. However, the CDC provides a strong recommendation that patients perform full-body showering or bathing with either antimicrobial or non-antimicrobial soap or skin antisepsis agent at least the night before the day of surgery. Perioperative HCPs perform patient skin antisepsis to prevent the patient's skin flora from entering the surgical wound. Personnel should verify that the patient's skin is free of debris, cosmetics, emollients, or alcohol-based products before applying antiseptics according to the manufacturer's IFU. To maximize the effectiveness and reduce the risk of fire, Personnel also should allow enough time for skin antiseptics to dry, especially those containing alcohol. Because personnel may shed skin cells and microorganisms, and the number of individuals in the OR directly relates to the number of aerosolized particles in the OR, perioperative teams should limit the number of personnel present in the OR, as well as the traffic entering and exiting. They also should verify that all supplies, instruments, and equipment anticipated for use are present in the OR before beginning the procedure. Healthcare leaders should design and build ORs with smooth and durable surfaces, for example, walls, ceilings, floors, that allow for proper cleaning and disinfection. There should be no cracks and crevices where dirt can become trapped. To help minimize wound contamination and subsequent SSI development, Intraoperative ventilation systems should adhere to design parameters for air changes, temperature, relative humidity, and pressure. Current design parameters include a minimum of four outdoor air changes per hour, an ambient temperature of 68 to 75 degrees Fahrenheit, 20 to 24 degrees Celsius, a relative humidity of 20 to 60 percent, and positive pressure. Takeaways for perioperative nurses Perioperative nurses are responsible for preparing the OR for each patient with the goal of preventing SSIs. This preparation involves damp dusting horizontal surfaces at the beginning of the day, as well as verifying that the operating or procedure room is cleaned and disinfected after each procedure. To prevent clutter that may inhibit effective cleaning, Personnel may return unused or unneeded supplies, instruments, and equipment to their designated storage location after procedures. Perioperative nurses should verify that patients have performed preoperative bathing according to the facility's policy. They should assess the condition of the skin at the planned surgical site and verify that the skin is clean. An unscrubbed perioperative team member should apply the skin antiseptic and should perform hand hygiene before doing so. They should adhere to the manufacturer's IFU when applying the antiseptic and allow time for the antiseptic to dry before scrubbed team members apply sterile drapes. 
perioperative personnel should limit the number of individuals in an OR during procedures. They also should verify that all needed equipment, supplies, and instruments are present before procedures to decrease OR traffic to obtain such items. Takeaways for perioperative nurse leaders and educators. Perioperative leaders may collaborate with environmental services leaders regarding OR-specific cleaning needs. Perioperative educators, or their designee, should provide education activities for any personnel who clean and disinfect ORs. They also should collaborate with perioperative leaders to verify competency and monitor environmental cleaning processes using qualitative methods. For example, observation of cleaning, inspection of surfaces, fluorescent marking, and quantitative methods. For example, microbial sampling and cultures, adenosine triphosphate monitoring. Educators also can provide cleaning personnel with a manufacturer's IFU. If there are infection outbreaks or product issues, leaders may collaborate with infection preventionists to complete an investigation, report an adverse event, and determine necessary corrective actions. Perioperative leaders should collaborate with healthcare organization leaders when developing bundled interventions that address patient skin antisepsis. Educators should provide perioperative personnel with the antiseptic manufacturer's IFU for handling, storing, and disposing of skin antiseptics. Perioperative leaders and educators should collaborate with perioperative personnel on ways to maintain or improve compliance with sterile technique initiatives. For example, limiting personnel in ORs, reducing traffic. Perioperative leaders should participate on interdisciplinary teams that include an infection preventionist to determine the causes for any increases in SSI rates. This may include audits of clinical practices, such as intraoperative delays, adherence to surgical attire policies, use of isolation technique, OR door openings, or use of unsterile items. When designing perioperative areas, Leaders should participate on interdisciplinary teams and provide information on environmental requirements. For example, airflow, temperature, humidity, pressure, if needed. For existing perioperative areas, they should collaborate with perioperative and facility management personnel to maintain adequate performance of air handling equipment.